AI's Dirty Secret, or How to Spend Half a Million Dollars of Supercomputing. Episode 9. Did it work? The actual compute is never going to be the problem for Johnson Giola. Before he applied, he read the cloud computing frequently asked questions and gave himself a crash course in what was on offer. Once approved, before he starts collecting any data, Tom's yellow dog onboarding team explains how to structure it so it's ready to go. Johnson and yellow dog both know it won't use up much of the half million dollars. Even with Johnson's optimism and ambition, there's only so much data he can collect in a few days. For Johnson, it's all about meeting the deadline in a country where few things happen quickly, with an abundant supply of unexpected problems from palms that need to be greased to terrible roads and poor telecommunications. While his team develop and test the app, Johnson works ministries and government offices. Informal letters, official phone calls and informal meetings, he explains the importance and urgency of his rural firewood survey to potential volunteer partners. By now, Johnson and Robert are chatting quite regularly, as well as discovering Johnson, in coastal Nigeria, is just as big an Arsenal fan as Robert, who grew up near their North London stadium, they enjoy chewing the fat on a variety of topics. Johnson tells Robert how he comes from a village with the highest concentration of PhDs in Nigeria, and as the youngest of four sons, he's his father's last chance of joining the My Son the Doctor Club. What you have to understand, Robert, Johnson explains on one video call, is that the biggest occupation of any African man is boasting. Hearing Johnson's methodical efforts to get the government officers, volunteers, coders, etc. on board, Robert tells Johnson it reminds him of a key lesson from his first job at a Japanese global trading company. What you're doing, he tells Johnson, sounds like an African version of Nemawashi. Nemawashi, literally a horticultural term meaning tending the roots, is a key part of Japanese corporate culture and the reason why formal meetings are so short in Japan. They only have meetings and formal votes when they know everyone is on board, having spent the previous weeks and months tending routes in one-to-one meetings to get everyone aligned and invested in the project, usually in karaoke bars in the small hours. But Johnson only has days, not weeks or months. Young volunteers are keen to help with the legwork, But like young people everywhere, young Nigerians can't afford to pay for travel, food, accommodation, phone and internet costs. Johnson puts his hand in his own pocket to fund the incidental costs, but otherwise relies on resourcefulness and persuasion. Working his personal church and professional networks, he assembles his team. It's a Nollywood version of the Magnificent Seven reenactment that Robert and Renuka did over the Christmas holidays a few weeks previously, converting Tom's donation into the see-through carbon competition. Johnson sends letters to key people, leverages press coverage of his win, hits the phones to find volunteers to do the considerable legwork. The days click over towards April the 10th. Johnson plugs into... 
Ploggers Nigeria, a network of young Nigerians who volunteer to combine exercise with environmental good deeds. This usually involves jogging around Nigerian streets, picking up plastic trash, but Johnson convinces them to extend their mission. He invites Robert to dial in to an online training session for the ploggers. You'll be travelling to Nigeria's poorest and most rural regions, he tells them. Use this bespoke app we've just made to survey locals about their cooking methods. Make sure you can speak the right language, figuratively and literally. And while you're at it, educate the villagers about affordable, low or zero carbon alternatives fuelled by wood pellets or solar energy. If cooking with firewood seems like a yesterday problem, welcome to the Global South. While the Global North frets about disposable coffee cups and plastic stirrers, around 2 billion people, including those in relatively rich countries like Nigeria, cook with firewood every day. When the experts at Project Drawdown rank dozens of human activities for their carbon-reducing potential using current proven technology, Cook stove technology is number nine. The short-term public health consequences of cooking on open fires are just as disastrous as the long-term environmental ones. Still, for such a huge problem, there's been very little systematic and detailed research. Maybe because the people funding such research think of it as a yesterday problem. Now, armed with his just-developed data collection app, Johnson's team of volunteer ploggers are uploading survey data from villages around Nigeria. Somehow, Johnson collates the data and sends it to his new friends at Yellow Dog, who complete the compute with a day to spare. Quite apart from any contribution to speeding up carbon drawdown, this is a bravura logistical achievement. Congratulating Johnson on a Zoom call, Robert tells him a story about his father, an eminent neurologist. One of his patients was the boss of a famous footwear brand who, at the end of a consultation, gave Robert's father the highest compliment he knew. Dr Stern, he said, you would have made an excellent shoe salesman. You, Robert tells Johnson, would make an excellent TV producer. While Johnson is conjuring up his data from scratch, the Yellow Dog team is knee-deep in a very different challenge. How to squeeze Daniel Zepeda Rivas's huge inventory of data through the cloud computing sausage factory before time runs out. To satisfy the competition's Global South remit and to make the compute manageable within the time constraints, Daniel thinks it's prudent to select only part of his enormous database. Conferring with Robert, he selects his native Mexico and East and West Africa from the 500 locations available. On April the 1st, Daniel and his University College London team primp his two datasets from these Global South locations into compatible shape and place them in Yellow Dog's in-tray. It is now a simple race against time to process it all by April the 10th. Given that this whole adventure had started with Robert interrogating Yellow Dog's low-carbon claims for his article on AI's Dirty Secret, Tom's team do their utmost to minimise the carbon footprint of Daniel's compute. 
For the first few days, they survey the tens of thousands of data center options they constantly monitor and only select those with the lowest carbon energy source. This varies from month to month, but in early April, the lowest carbon options available are in Paris, powered by nuclear energy. It goes well. Daniel and Yellow Dog get more ambitious. Maybe it's possible to prepare and process data from all 500 locations before the deadline. At this stage, everyone involved is so focused on the technical challenge, no one mentions whether this might blow the half-million-dollar budget. Day after day, Daniel and his team dress more of their data and deliver it to Yellow Dog, who distribute the task to data centres around the world to subject it to AI analysis before April the 10th. As the deadline approaches, they realise they have to be less picky about the carbon credentials of where they allocate the jobs. They measure the carbon intensity of data centres by grams of CO2 equivalent per kilowatt hour. Paris comes in at 29, but they now have to use data centres in Milan that are more than seven times more carbon intensive. Then, as the tick-tock grows louder, they add London and Frankfurt, eight and a half times dirtier. Finally, as midnight on April the 10th approaches, it's whatever's available. They complete the compute in data centres in Phoenix, Arizona, where two-thirds of power is from coal and oil. That makes the Phoenix compute 24 times more carbon-intensive than the nuclear energy-powered Paris data centres they started with. But complete it they do. Over 11 days, they cram in 45,000 supercomputer hours. If it means anything to you, the output from all that supercomputer-grade number crunching was 36 terabytes. If not, it's a lot. Johnson's project may only have driven the Ferrari a few feet, but Daniels went on an epic joyride with the accelerator jammed to the floor. A few days later, Yellow Dog does the carbon accounting. It's fascinating. Robert updates his article on AI's dirty secret. For details, see the see-through news website and scroll to the end of the article. Robert does his best to translate the scale of Daniel's compute from terabytes and instance hours and iterations into more easily visualised images. Doing some back-of-the-envelope calculations as he prepares the Sunday newsletter, Robert decides AI's dirty secret might be better measured in charismatic macrofauna than grams of CO2 equivalent per kilowatt hour. Had there been no deadline, he writes, Daniel's compute could have used only the lowest carbon data centres, the ones in Paris. These would have only emitted 541 kilograms of carbon into the atmosphere, about the weight of one right whale testicle. Because Yellow Dog had to resort to dirtier data centres to get the job done in time, it ended up emitting 5.8 tonnes, about the weight of an adult elephant. Had they done the entire compute at the 
dirtiest data centre in Phoenix, it would have emitted more than 13 tonnes of carbon, about the weight of an entire female sperm whale. Does that strike you as a lot? If so, what are your thoughts on the carbon cost of all those streaming services, video calls and AI apps that produce pictures of the Pope in a funny hat? Or, for that matter, the buildings we live in. In 2022, the global built environment pumped out 4 billion tonnes of CO2 equivalent into the atmosphere through construction, usage, repair and maintenance. That's four, followed by nine zeros. Or the testicles of four billion right whales. Or, if you can imagine a fully crewed, loaded, armed US Navy Nimitz-class aircraft carrier, around 40,000 of them. And what about the prize fund? How much of the half million dollars did Johnson & Daniels projects end up using? The answer, which might surprise you, can be found at the end of the revised AI's Dirty Secret article. If you want to know the answer right now, remember the second part of the see-through news goal, speeding up carbon drawdown by helping make the inactive active. If you're really curious, finding and reading the article only takes a few seconds, but it does require a tiny action. But, more to the point, was any of the effort described in these nine episodes actually worth it? In our final episode 10, What Happened Next?, we let you be the judge. AI's Dirty Secret, or How to Spend Half a Million Dollars of Supercomputing, was narrated by George Hinchliffe, who also wrote the music. It was written, produced and mixed by Robert Stern. The See Through News podcast is a See Through News production. See Through News is a zero-budget social media network with the goal of speeding up carbon drawdown by helping the inactive become active. For more, visit seethroughnews.org. Thank you for listening.